Come on, throw some extra candling in there. You know, some of us want so much more this year, but you'll never get into more by just being a spectator. You hear what I'm saying? You're sure you may enjoy the show, but you won't participate in it. And, and, and churches become like that for a lot of folks. They're just spectators. You know, they just come here, just come here and entertain me, Pastor. Just do a little moonwalk. You know what? It, and it's true. And it's true. And sometimes, you know, the church has, has got this in con- or I shouldn't say the church, but, you know, just for example, what does Michael Jackson and the Oakland A's have in common? They both wear gloves for no reason. <laughs> well, you can't be like that either. You know, we, we were laughing, but you just can't be like the person who just doesn't laugh because someone's not, they just wear something for no reason. You got to be the one that, that participates and be the reason why you're in church. Why are you here today? Do you want your life better? Well, the answer to that, of course, you're here because you want your life better. We all want our lives better. If you don't want your life better, then you're like, what's wrong with you? Did the elevator go all the way up to the top? I mean, really question, because if you ask anybody who lives on the street, do you want a better life? Yes, I want a better life. Are you living your best life? I don't know. I don't know should not be the answer in the, in the, in the church's mouth. I don't know shouldn't be in the heart of, I don't know where I'm going. I don't know where I'm headed. I want a better life, but I don't know how to get a better life. And so this morning, we're going to talk about getting that better life. Because how many of you know God has called you to the winner's circle? You hear what I said? God's called you to be in the winner's circle. He hasn't called call, call you, cause you to live in a, a, sit in the dugout, not participate. He wants you to participate. Part of your participation is part of your victory. It's enforcing your victory. It's enforcing what God has already mandated to, to be an operation of your life. But things will never happen in your life unless, unless you participate. Let's open our Bibles in Matthew 13. I wrote my message down this morning. You ever write a message down and you find out, oh, God is talking to me. Ouch, though, this is a brutal message. And you're like, ooh, this is, ooh, I'm telling this. Ooh, yes, I'm going to tell him that. And he goes, and he, you sit it down and he goes, that was for you. <laughs> Stick out your lip. You're like, okay, gosh, why are you so hard? <laughs> How many of you know that God chastens whom he loves? If God's not chastening you, I, I doubt if you're even a son. If God's just telling you everything you want to hear, itching your ear, it's okay, baby. It's okay, just give it to an extra 20 and you'll, you'll walk your road to victory. I doubt if he loves you. Mm-mm. Someone's got to be able to tell you when you're wrong. Someone's got to tell you when you're right. And, every, and sometimes you've got to know when to hold. You gotta, someone's got to tell you, you've got to know when to hold them and know when to fold them. Know when to walk away, know when to run. Learn to count your money when you're sitting at the table. Does anybody say, that sounds a little bit familiar, Pastor? <laughs> unfortunately, yes, it does sound vaguely familiar. But unfortunately, you and I have got to know when to, know when to cut our losses. Particularly if we're living a life, that, uh, living a life that's not bringing us into a, a, a life of better or a life of more. If we're continually lacking, if we're continually doing the wrong thing, getting in the wrong relationship, living the wrong way that doesn't produce life. Some of the best messages that have been preached from this pulpit have, have later been followed by phone calls for, for the need of the exact same answer that we gave. Did you know that? No, people are like, I wouldn't know. Well, of course you would have. If you would have known, if you had listened to the message online, you would have had your answer the, the week before and you wouldn't have worried. Did you hear his head? And you wouldn't have worried. And you wouldn't have worried because we were dealing with worry. We were dealing with stress. 
And see, as a body, you shouldn't deal with worry and you shouldn't deal with stress. Because worry's a sin. Oh, no, Pastor, now you've done cross the line. You've done cross the line because everybody in my family worries. Man, we're like, I'm like the fifth generation where we worry about, we worry about things that you wouldn't even think of. We worry. My pants are a little too short or a little too long. People are going to sit there and judge me. Well, then that means you just got, you got an issue to deal with your pride. And if you're worrying, it's a, it's a pride issue. Well, Pastor, now you just dealt me a low blow. You just dealt me a low. Now you're saying it's pride. Well, yeah, because you're, you're worried about what everybody else thinks. Because you want to uphold an image. And, you know, the first thing God wants to take down is your pride. Well, now it's time to take off running, everybody. Just take off running. Take off running. There's that, that's that Brush Arbor spell I've been telling you all about. Just take off running. Matthew 13. Verse, verse, verse three. And this is the Lord talking to you and I, because, you know, as we grow and progress, there are things that God wants to get us into. But, you know, like we were saying earlier is a local church. You know, the year before uh, a man of God said, you know, this is a time for a miracles big time. You know, and this year and this year came and went and some people had miracles big time and a lot of people did not. But that was supposed to be everybody in the church was supposed to receive big miracles big time. I don't think that's over. I don't think that's over. I think it's a mandate. I think I honestly believe that that is a mandate for the church. Well, it never happened this year. So we got to do what the Bible says and stone the prophets. Stone them. No, it's our it's it's our job is as a church that once we receive this word is what what are we going to do now with it? It's not enough to get a word. It's enough. What do I what's the mandate behind it? In other words, I have to prepare my heart. If I'm going to expect big miracles this year, I'm going to have to prepare my heart even more this year to receive those big miracles. Big miracles do not happen by accident. If God's going to do big miracles and do something great in a local church, how many of you know there is a preparation time? Say it, preparation time. Come on, right now, God is preparing some things in your heart right now. You came into church, well, I'm just going to go to church because I miss Pastor Melina. I've got to hear Pastor Melina teach. She teaches the word of God with eloquence and with grace. Makes you wonder if she's Catherine Kuhlman. She has an outfit that reminds me very much of Catherine Kuhlman. I really want her to wear a church. And I want her to say, good morning, Holy Spirit. I'd give her $100. No, I better not because she'll do it. And then she'll expect me to give her a hundo. Those women, they don't forget money. They don't. I, I went out and gotten $20 out of my wallet, put it in there. One day she goes, oh, I need a 20. How this woman ever knows when I have money in my wallet is the time she, I never carry cash around. But when I do, somehow she figures it out. She's got this one, she's got that woman R, radar. Yeah, they just know, they have that nose for the money. They're like, there's a 20 in your pocket and 25 cents. You can keep the 25 cents. It's not fair. Oh, and they just time it perfectly. Oh, I'm going to the store. I need 20. You haven't had $20 on you, would you? I haven't had a $20 in my pocket for months, and now you ask for a $20. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Ma- Matthew chapter 3, Jesus is speaking in the red, and he spake many things unto them in parables, saying, you know, God spoke to par- Jesus spoke to parables. You know why he spoke parables? Because he wanted people to get things. He's speaking to us right now in a parable because he wants you and I to get things. Now, many of us here who are filled with the Holy Spirit have the Holy Spirit. If you don't have the Spirit, 
Holy Spirit, it's going to be very important that you start learning to um, speak in tongues. Because that, that is your devotional line. Not the tongues that you speak in front of the church where there's an interpretation, but this is the devotional part. Every believer has been given the devotional language of speaking in tongues. And the devotional part is you pray in tongues every day, you get quiet and let God to speak to you. Because when you speak in tongues, God understands what you're saying there. You don't understand what you're saying, but basically you're telling on yourself to God. You are. He goes, I, he goes, I knew that. I know that too. You tell me everything I know, and, and sometimes well, I don't know what to say. Well, and then also at the same time, we also are very plain and have a genuine language. So when you, you pray and you talk to God, he, he, that devotional, it helps you understand the, the, what you're reading a lot clearer. Because you're participating in the Spirit. And the only way you're ever going to get answers is by participating in the Spirit. So there's a parable here that's being spoken to you and I, but it can only be received through the Spirit. In other words, your mind's going to understand. It's going to lay hold of it by the Spirit. And I believe right now that all of you right now are understanding what I'm saying and that you're going to reach in and grab what you need. Because I know everybody came here with a need. Right? Some of you need answers. And, And part of getting your answers is pulling down some of your walls. Pulling down the wall, pulling down the, the religious ways of thinking, the, the rhetorical arguments that your spirit or your mind may hold in, in, in advance. Amen? Because yeah. the Lord loves whom he corrects. And we're not all above correction here. Amen? Like I said, I have a message here that it's, it's for me. No, I'm going to rip it up so no one can see it. <laughs> like, I wonder who's gotten that message. Behold, a sower went forth to sow. He's talking, about, he's talking about a sower. Who's the sower? Well, it's the person maybe who's delivering the word to you. That's who the sower is. Pastors sowing the word in you. But also you can sow the word into your own yard. You read your Bible. You spend time with the Lord. You're, you got the word. It's in your hand. You're sowing it into your heart. And, and you got to be a good, when it comes to being a believer, you got to be a good gardener. In other words, you're going to have to start dealing with some weeds. Now I'm talking about the one you smoke. I'm talking about weeds. And if there's weed that you smoke, you got to pluck that out, too. Because, you know, well, God made it. And I'm just enjoying his creation. No, that's part of the curse. You don't weed and all that's a fallen nature. This world is corrupt. It's falling apart. And, the, and even the things of the world, it's a corrupt nature. Amen? Amen. So he, a, a sower went out to forth to sow. And when he sowed, some seed fell by the wayside. And the fowls came and devoured them. In other words, when you sow, you got to sow with purpose. You and I, when we sow, we just don't normally just throw money in the bucket. You know, I know this is going to sound very strange to some folks, but when I've re- we've received offerings before and some people have crumbled up their dollars and just thrown them up, you know, I treat that as God's money. You know what I do with it? I iron it. If there's a dollar bill, I'll iron it because it's God's money. It's not at that point. It is his money. I will iron, if, if something is, is ratted up, I'll iron it. I'll even spray starch on it because it's God's money. It's his and, and I'm giving it to him. And it's, it's going into the church uh, savings account. And as I'm putting it there, I, I recognize this is, this is his money. This is his money. And I'm honoring it as I'm giving it. It's every act as I'm sowing, I'm, I'm doing it with honor, right? And so when you don't do things with honor, it falls by the wayside. When I do things without value or understanding of its value, I'm just throwing it away. 
But when you give, you ought to give with the purpose and intention. I am giving because I see the bigger picture. I'm giving because I will be blessed. I'm giving because now it's no longer on the wayside. Now I'm giving with a purpose. And that's why people wonder why, well, why, why isn't it things working out in my giving? Because you're not giving with purpose. You're not giving with honor. You're always rebutting. You're always, you're always, you're always debating in your, in your mind, in your intellect. Why you shouldn't is, well, they're just trying to get money. See, again, wrong thinking, yeah. wayside, yeah. wayside. And that doesn't benefit you and I. Yeah. And you're just like you threw the word, but it bounced off of you and it bounced off into the dirt somewhere else. And you wonder why God, the word isn't working for you. Well, obviously, because it's your, your heart, you're not allowing it to germinate in your heart yeah. and, and, and really take it in. You know, maybe I need to rethink the way I think. We all need to rethink the way we think. We should, we should always be thinking about how we think. The Bible talks about, it talks about taking captive every thought and every imagination, right? And so the way we get things in good ground is we start to re- reflect about where is, that, where is that word going? Am I just throwing it off the side? Am I just thinking, oh, that was a good word, and go home and completely forget? What do they teach today? Uh, what do they teach on? Uh, I don't know. Should not be your testimony. They talked today. We're teaching on living in the victory circle. We're talking about being good ground. And this morning, you are the good ground that God has created. Say, I am the good ground. And he says, some stones, and verse five, or let's just back it up. Verse four, and when he sowed, some fell on the wayside and others' fowls came up and devoured them. In other words, some, uh, we'll talk more about that and, and as we go further this week. Some, well, some fell upon stony places where they had not much earth, and f- forwith they sprung up, and because they had no uh, deepness of earth, and when the sun had come up, they scorched the, uh, those, those seeds, and because they had no root, they withered away. And seven fell among the thorns, and the thorns, thorns sprung up and choked them. But others fell into good ground, say good ground, good ground. and brought forth fruit, yeah. some a hundred, some sixtyfold, some some thirtyfold. Who hath ears to hear, let him hear. Good. Let's repeat verse nine. Who hath ears to hear, let him hear. Yeah. Who here has ears? Amen. Ears aren't just aren't just buckets. They're not just a place that you put things in and then let and then an ear is, is a receptacle that takes information in. In other words, I hear. To hear is not just to hear something, oh, I heard it, and then put it down. That's not hearing. Yeah. People say, did you hear his voice? Yeah, I heard his voice. It's not the same as hearing what was being said through that voice. And sometimes we confuse the two, as if a hearing is a part of doing. Hearing is not a part of doing. Right. Hearing is taking information. Doing is doing the word. I want to stop on this for because this can be a very interesting moment for you and I. People go to church and say, well, we at this church believe this and we're going to do this because this is what the church believes. No, you ought to do things based on what you know the Holy Spirit has taught you and what you know to do. In other words, I believe in healing. In other words, I'm not going to like, for example, there's been times where I have not taken any any medicine at all. Not taken. Have you taken? No, I've not taken anything. Well, you seem like you're in pain. Well, that's because I'm believing God for my healing. Right. There's moments in time when I'm doing that. There's times where I haven't put enough healing word in me. And I don't have enough healing faith in this particular because I haven't been putting healing on it. And so what do I do? Go, well, you know, what? I'm going to take a pill here and just believe God for the for the pain to go away or to deal with the situation. Right. right. 
I'm not going to do it because the church doesn't believe in taking not taking medicine, so I'm not going to take medicine. That's right. Do you hear the difference in this? Do you hear the difference in this? Because this is where people get getting. Well, uh, I'm not going to elect to have the surgery because my church doesn't believe in going to going to the hospital with doctors. Well, first of all, we've never said that. But we said you should put the word in so that you can get to the point where you don't need to go to a doctor or maybe a hospital. And I, I've been dealing with a situation I never once dealt with or never been thinking about. You're just, you don't, you, for some reason, your mind isn't paying attention to it and things can go on. And um, I, I, have, I have a high tolerance for pain. I do. I have a real extreme high tolerance for pain. And so I myself don't really think about my, if I'm hurting physically, I won't even really naturally think about it. And then one time I ended up in the hospital because I was, I didn't even think I was sick. And I was, apparently I was in pretty rough shape and I had, and this was years ago. So I have to be really careful that I pay attention to my body, right. right? You as a believer have to really be careful and pay attention to what you believe. Yeah. Yeah. Because sometimes we'll allow too many things to be going on in our lives, not recognizing that hey, maybe I need to deal with this thing. Yeah. Right. Maybe this is a weed that's growing in my heart that shouldn't be here. Maybe this unforgiveness, maybe this way of looking at things yeah. needs to be dealt with. Yeah. How do I hear? You, the way you hear is so important. The way you refuse to hear is another important thing. <clears throat> should never be stubborn. Well, I'm just stubborn. That should never be your testimony. Yeah. If, you are, if you can say, well, I'm pretty stubborn, that should, you know, it's, it's, no matter what age you are, you should never be stubborn. You could be 70, 80, 90. You could be 16. Being stubborn should not be part of your testimony. That's right. It isn't. I'm, I hear. I listen. Yeah. I, when I, I'm able to recognize wisdom when wisdom is being dispensed. Right. Should be your testimony. Yeah. Uh, the other day, the girls were sitting at the table, and I, the girl, Melina, we were, all three of them were there. And they, I had said something, and they looked at me, hey, Dad, da 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 I'm like, you know what? You're right. I didn't sit there and argue. I didn't sit there and debate with them. I didn't sit there and say, you know, that's not right. I'm the father here. Who do you guys think you are? No, I listened because I recognize wisdom. You hear what I say, parents? You hear what I say, young adults? You hear what I say, parents as well? You hear what I'm saying? I don't care what age you are. You know, when you hear wisdom, you should be able to recognize it. And the first thing that comes to your heart, stubbornness should not be the, the first thing that crops up. We want the blessing of the Lord. But that's where he talks about that stony ground. Some fell upon stony, stony ground, stony places, and they didn't have much earth. Sto, 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 stubbornness is stoniness. There's no depth in it. There's no earth in that. Seed, seed can't grow in stubbornness. Well, can you prove that? Yeah, we're going to prove that in the scripture. I mean, this is like a good theory, Pastor. I don't know. I mean, I hear what you're saying, Pastor, but I'm not quite sure. Well, let's let's keep we'll keep we'll stick with the word. But I want you to notice that there's some of the result here of good ground. Hundredfold, sixtyfold, what? Some thirtyfold. There, in other words, the word should be working to where you see it. See it. And stubbornness has an awful way of removing because stubbornness is involved with pride. So you'll never you'll never see a fullness of the word in operation as long as stubbornness is involved. Particularly when it comes to the area of listening through wisdom. Amen. And the disciples came and said unto him, Why speakest thou with them in parables? And he answered and said unto them, Because it is given unto you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. But to them it is not given. In other words, 
you guys should understand this, but it hasn't been given to them yet because basically the Holy Spirit hasn't come yet and I don't live in their hearts yet. So now when I live in their hearts, they'll start to get and see these things. Right. right? So in verse 12 says, for whoever hath to him shall be given and he that shall have more abundance. But who shall ever hath from him shall be taken away even what he hath. Wow, that's that just seems not right. Well, when you don't take what the Holy Spirit gives you, he gives to someone else. You should have healing, but you don't. But you're not putting yourself in a place to receive healing. It will only be given to someone else who is willing to receive it. It's all there. Prosperity is there. If you don't take it, don't worry. Someone else will still get the healing. Someone will get the prosperity. Someone will get the deliverance if you don't want it. The Holy Spirit will not, will not, will not come into your life, overpower, overtake you, and say, you have to take this. That's not the Holy Ghost. That's not how the Spirit of God works. Well, I go to a good church, it should happen automatically, is not how things work. It's not. We all have computers. But we all don't have the same, same uh, skill set with a computer. Some can create codes and make billions. <laughs> but we all have computers. We should, ex- we should experience the billion-dollar output of that computer. Not if you have the, don't have the knowledge. And there's a lot of people that expect the same output as everybody else in the church. But they didn't put the effort in. That's communism. That's Marxism. It is. It's plain and simple. I deserve what you worked for. That's not right. It's not how it works. God's system does not work that way. God's system works. You put the work, you put the labor, and not only that, when you get 30, 100, and that'll be yours. That's your reward. And a God can go beyond a hundredfold return. Well beyond a hundredfold. He says, I will bless you exceedingly abundantly more than you could ever ask or think. In other words, that don't be limited by that 30, 60, 100 fold stuff. Because God's got more than just that for you in your life. All it begins to take that needs to begin to happen is a change, a subtle change in your heart. You're saying, you know what? I want more for my life. I want more this 2021. I I want more. I don't want to. I don't want the same. Last year was good. I mean, it was amazing what God did in 2020. It's amazing. I paid off all my bills. I mean, I've walked in abundance like I've never walked. You know, I mean, this church is more blessed than it's ever been blessed. I said it's more blessed. People have gotten more healings, more deliverances. God's shown up multiple times in your life. Don't, don't ever take it for granted. God, if God's going to move bigger again and continue to keep moving bigger, then that, how do we know that's going to require more of us? It's going to require more sanctification, more setting apart, more time in prayer. Amen. And he said um, in verse 13, he says, therefore, speak I them into parables because these seeing they don't see yet and hearing they don't hear yet. Neither do they understand. In other words, he's again, they don't have the Holy Ghost to, to, to help and aid them in this area. And in verse 14, and them is fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah, which saith, by hearing you shall hear and seeing you shall not understand and seeing you shall not see and you shall not perceive. For this people heart is waxed gross and their eyes are dull of hearing. And their eyes have they closed, lest at any time they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears and should understand their heart and should be converted and I should heal them. That's a big statement. In other words, your heart's wax close, your ears and your eyes 
they can't see because they're scaled over right now. In other words, that means, you know, every morning you get up, you have to clean your eyes. If not, do it now. Every morning you should clean your ears, clean your eyes. You don't let these go to pot because everybody is going to look at you like, Ooh, you haven't cleaned your ears or cleaned your eyes in a while, have you? It's funny when your daughter says, you need to exfoliate. You just need to exfoliate. Get all that dead skin off. Just exfoliate. Okay, exfoliate. Thank God for women. Yes. <laughs> or I would be a hot mess, let me tell you. This doesn't happen on its own. <laughs> no, it doesn't. It takes, requires you having time with the Lord. Being able to listen so that you can receive healing. Your eyes are waxing your ears. In other words, you're going to have to deal with this every day. In other words, you're going to have to make sure you're, you're, the way you see things, you're seeing things straight. You've got to make sure you're hearing things straight. Because those are the two gates and avenues that the devil will like to work through. He likes to mess with your, your hearing and your eyes, the way you see things and the way you hear things. And he said these people, because of that, because if they've allowed this to take place, I, I, can't, I can't heal them. But if they deal with it, then I can deal with it. I can heal them. In other words, you need to deal with the natural things that are keeping you from receiving to receive the big things that God is wanting to get over to you. If you knew that you were the biggest stump and not the... See, this is not, there is no talk about the devil here. Well, everything's the devil. I didn't hear that because it was the devil. I didn't see that because it was the devil. Well, it could have been some of the way you've been listening and hearing, but to the most, to the greatest extent, is because you're you're allowing your flesh to rule you. You're allow, we can't allow our our flesh to rule us. That is the biggest thing that God is wanting to get over to the River Church this year. It says, "Bless are they your eyes, for they see, and your eyes." For your ears, for they hear. For verily I say unto you that many prophets and righteous and righteous men have desired to see those things which you see and have not seen them, and to hear those things which you hear and have not heard them. Hear ye therefore the parable of the sower. When a, when when anyone heareth the sword of the heareth the word of the kingdom and understandeth is is hold on, let me get my glasses on. <clears throat> And understandeth not, then cometh the wicked one. See, this is when the wicked one comes, when you don't you hear a word, you don't understand it. And he catches away that which was sown into his heart. That is which received in the seed by the wayside. In other words, it's received in the wayside. You didn't honor it. So the wicked one says, they don't need it. They don't need to go back to it. They don't need to know, it, know it's there. Right? Because there's, there's an immediate thievery when you don't address your heart. Or the way it picks up things immediate you don't have to wait if you're not used to hearing and receiving the word of god then you're gonna have to say i can hear so i can i can receive and you got to do it by faith you have to say it by faith i can hear it and receive it and it'll work in me say it out loud it says i can hear it i can receive it so that it works in me because it's an important thing an important thing for you and i to be able to do that it's a it's you know it's a it's a highly paid skill seeing and hearing seeing and hearing highly paid People don't realize that. And yet they're robbed of themselves every day of it. They don't, when a boss asks them something, they don't really hear what he's saying because they just hear what he says. What is the boss? I don't know. He just, he's just blowing on. He just opened up his mouth. Boy, I tell you, 
if you take that attitude when people and the words are being spoken to you that are there to bring you to a certain place, then you'll miss out because you're not, you're not hearing, you're not seeing. Your job as a parent is to make sure that you grow mature adults. My, my, my job is not to be on their level. I've never talked to my children as babies. Oh, goo goo gaga. No, what I told, I told, I've always talked to them like they're, they're, they're little people, grown adults, because I didn't want them to talk like, like the rest of the kids. I want them, I wanted my children to be, have a good comprehension of words, use of words. I wanted my children to be smart, but it wasn't going to happen with me um, dumbing down my vocabulary for them. I, I wanted them to ask me things. See, and asking is important. Because it helps you hear, it helps you see, and if you can see, it helps you hear, then you can get answers. See, you need answers, they need answers. You, you mature, they mature. When God speaks, you understand because you understand the flow of honor. What happens in one area will affect the other. If I can't, affect, uh, I can't honor my boss, I certainly not can, I cannot honor my Heavenly Father. Because God is working through that man to, to feed me and, yeah. and, and put, clothes on, uh, put clothes on me and help me with my family. Right. He doesn't have to employ me, yeah. but he chose to employ me. Right. Right. So to act like so you deserve a job or to des- deserve half his company yeah. that has been there well before you. He took the risk. He decided to take out a loan yeah. and mortgage everything he had on it. And, and, and to say you're deserving of it yeah. is evil. Right. Absolute evil. You don't deserve his, his business, nor his labor. Well, I, I, I put a hard day's work, and so do a lot of other people. Right. You learn to honor, to honor your boss, learn to honor God, those things will be added unto you. Right. Even the knowledge and, and know-how. Right. And one thing I've said, we, we, oh, going back to what I was going to say, my kids were raised to live to, 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 to around my life, not my life around theirs. That's right. That's right. My, my life is, my, my home is not built around their needs. That's right. Their needs get met. Believe me, they, their kids, my kids' needs really get met. But their, their life is to conform around my life, not my life around theirs. My rules, my way of thinking, my way of living is designed so that when they become family and when they become have heads at home, they are better parents than I was or I I ever was. They should be better parents. The other day, one of my kids was sharing about, you know, I can't wait to be a mom because, you know, and I've I've always heard the kids. I love saying because we had a good mom, a good dad. I love my mom. just because I can't wait because Pastor Melina is a good mom. Very good mom. But she had a great mom. But mama took, mama took it to a whole new level. <laughs> mama did. Mama don't play. Even when she's picking, mama don't play. <laughs> okay, mama, I'm sorry. But you see, good kids don't happen by accident. Being a good hearer doesn't happen by accident. Being a good doer of the word, teaching your kids to hear. If you teach them how to follow, they'll learn how to lead. You cannot be a good leader if you do not know how to follow. Rebellion should not be your testimony. Well, I was just rebellious. No, that's just code for stupid. I was stupid. That's the testimony. 
I was unwise. That's another part of that testimony. But we've all been there. We've all been dumb and rebellious and foolish. Did what we wanted to do. Ate what we wanted to eat. If you give a child an option, a child an option every day, what do you want to eat? Candy. What do you want? Chips. What else do you want? Crackers. Soda. Milkshakes. Hamburgers. Pizza. That's all they want. Lasagna. Kids are, ooh. See, if you give them the option, they don't choose right. But you're the parent. You make the choices for them. You teach them what is the right thing to eat. You teach them the right thing to hear. You teach them the right thing to listen. You teach them the right way to work. Because there's no one else that's going to help them do that but you. There's no one else that can do that but you. Because you care about them more than the other person. You should care more about your kids than the other kids. You should. And it's, and it's, it's an it's okay thing. You know, when my, my kids were, you know, I have a son who lives out on his own, who knows how to work. He has a great work ethic. Great work ethic. Has two jobs. Works hard. Knows the concept of work. Gets promoted. Gets, gets raises. Because there's a good value. Rock. Now, there's some things that he may be missing it on right now in his life. But there was enough understanding of that in his life that he's able to apply it. Same thing with the girls. Increase, raises, promotions. Well, why, why does God favor your kids and not favor mine? Because we are not teaching them the importance and the value of work, how to hear, how to listen, not to what your own needs are, but how to listen to the needs of others. You can't be healed. You can't be delivered. You can't get promoted until you learn to be able to hear and listen. God wants to move in your lives this year, but it will not happen until you're able to do those two important things. And again, just because the church believes it does is not good enough unless you apply it to your life. People want the blessing that comes on the pastor's life. Well, it should be happening to me too. It happened to her too. Not if you're not, not applying those values. You got to make a decision in your life right now that I'm going to change the value system in my heart. That I'm going to be more hungry, more able-bodied, not giving myself to any more excuses for why I live the way I live. Boy, I tell you, that's intense. Particularly if you're used to living the way you want to do. Eating, I can eat as much cereal as I want. My mom and dad don't say nothing. My mom don't care. Should not be your testimony. You know, my kids don't even get to eat, didn't even get to eat what they wanted to eat. They learned to like vegetables, and you will finish those because you will not have any dessert. And that plate sat in there until all that plate was emptied out. It just sat there, and it sat there, and look how big and beautiful they grew up to be. Just like their father. <laughs> Everybody's laughing because we know that's not true. Come on. Here, verse 18, hear ye therefore the parable of the sower. When he, one hears the word of the kingdom of God, uh, the kingdom and understand it, and that it comes from, uh, let's go back. I think what regressed. Um, verse 21, and he that be not rooted and grounded in himself, but endureth for a while, for when tribulation and persecutions arise because of the word, by 
by and how he is offended. Boy, I got to really. Does anybody have a new King James? Who's got a new King James on them? All right, it's fine. I got to read. Is this verse 21? Why are you on Pinterest? No, I'm not. Just kidding. (laughs) Just kidding. (laughs) Teasing. She's so. She got real defensive. I ain't on Pinterest. I'm in church right now, Pastor. Well, I got to check. First, we'll go back so that way the, the reading sounds a little bit more clear for myself so I can kind of reset myself here. But he who received the seed on the stony place, this is he who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. Yet he who has no root in himself but endures only for a while, for when tribulation or persecution arises because of the word, immediately he stumbles. In other words, just because you're doing the word and you have problems and there's troubles that come along, don't be tripping. That's the Marcus, Pastor Marcus uh, version right here. Don't be tripping just because you've got problems. Yeah. Everyone's got problems. Now, the only difference between you and them is now you have an answer to the problem. Right. Problems are going to come. Yeah. You know, I have, I have three cars. I could grab, you know, the devil's really been hard at work. I've had to take my car to the shop two times. And you know what? This world is corroded. Things are falling apart. My stuff is, has been really well taken care of and... I got to pay $300, Pastor, to the Honda dealership. Can you believe it? They're just trying to take... Yeah, because your car's got wear and tear. It's natural order of life here. You, you know, you just got to take care of things. Right. It's not the devil. Right. Bless God you have a car. Yeah. That's right. My boss told me off. <laughs> Why'd he tell you off? Because I was sleeping in the office and he walked in. I'll tell you, that devil told on me. If that's your testimony, we need to have a deep counseling session with you. First of all, let's just start with the sleeping at work component. You you don't sleep at work. You don't sleep at work, especially when you're cutting hair, right? You can't can't sleep on a job when you're cutting hair because your customers will know. Praise God, I can't open this. I need my thumb. It won't take my thumbprint. You need to set it for my thumbprint, by the way. So inquiring your minds. <laughs> now he received among the word. Boy, this is okay. Now I see how this is flowing. Now he who received seed among the word, among the word, and he becomes fruit, unfruitful. But he who receives uh, seed on the good ground is he who hears the word and understands it, who indeed bears fruit and produces some 164. We've read that. The kingdom of heaven is, verse 24, thank you. Another parable he's put forth to them, saying, The kingdom of heaven is like a man who sowed good seed in his field. But while men slept, his enemy came up and sowed tares among the wheat and, and went his way. But when the grain had sprouted up and produced a crop, the tares also appeared. So the servants of the owner came and said, Sir, did you not sow good seed into your field? How is, does it have tares or weeds or thorns? And he said to them, An enemy has done this. You kind of got to realize things that happen in your life is not always you. It's the enemy. But here the brilliance and the of the. The brilliance of the way to respond in the word. He says, don't get upset. Get out the fruit. Divide that which doesn't belong and just take it away. Yeah. Some people, they can't they can have they have a little problem. 
they want to throw the whole thing away. They just have this, I'm, I'm done. Just done. I'm done with this relationship. Not realizing there's been good fruit in that marriage. Good fruit in that job. Just because a little problem here and there get moved by a bunch of little things and, you know, and they want to pick up their toys and leave. You ever have that one kid who has the, owns the bat and the gloves and everybody's playing baseball and he's, the game's not going his way? I quit. I want all my stuff. Everybody's like, okay, you can have your way. Eventually, that doesn't work. Eventually, you have to deal with your flesh. Eventually, you have to deal with you. Because that's where maturity comes from. God wants us to mature this year. He doesn't want you to stay the same. He wants us to be different. He wants us to grow. He wants us to change. He doesn't want you to live in utter defeat. Say, I am good ground. This is how we're going to be walking the victory that God has called us to walk in. It's one, being a doer of the word, a good hearer, a good receiver, make corrections. Because in 2021, though our ladder will be small, the latter part, the early part, are, we're getting up higher. We're, live, we're learning to live at a higher clip of doing things. We are. I had a cousin years ago, and um, his, my uncle Ephraim told me this, and he goes, uh, he's an artist. He's, he's a working artist. He's professional. And I used to paint back in my day, one of my heathen days. I used to paint. But I had to get, I had to give that up because it was it was it become an idol to me, um, and I remember one time he was visiting, he was looking at my paintings, and he re, he said he liked them, and he goes he goes I really like this and this, and he was talking about this and that, and he's he was still like he was still young, and hadn't made a decision or, or career changes. I said I go if you decide to do art, you got to make it make it. I always said you when you, whatever you do, make it look clean and professional like you bought it from a store, like you, someone popped it out of the package. It doesn't matter what you paint, but make it, make the, when you're done with it, make it look like this came like from a very expensive place. And he thought, that's a, that's a really good way of looking at it. Well, he's successful right now. And one thing he told, he, he told my uncle that that really helped him. And that always really helped me because it, it made me think, how do I want to do my life? It makes me how I want to do this church. How do we want to be more professional in this church? How do we want to be, how do we want to take our lives to the next level? As an individual, how do I want to take my life to the next level? Every morning I reset, well, not every morning, once in a while I'll miss it. I'll go to bed and I'll still get up in the morning and I'll do, but I like to do a reset at night. I call it my reset. I'll put all the, I'll put all the dishes away. I'll vacuum. I'll fold all the, the blankets. I'll put them into our blanket thing that we have. I'll just reset. I'll, I'll go through the front room and clean it up. And just because when I go downstairs, I want to, I like coming down to a clean living room. What am I doing? I'm learning to reset. Every day you reset with God. I'm, I'm getting my heart in front of God. Lord, please forgive me if I've upset anything, if I've been too hard, if my heart's not soft enough like it needs to be. I'm, what am I doing? I'm resetting in my heart. I'm resetting on the outside. I'm resetting on the inside because I know every day is a day that I need to reset my life. And this, this, this morning, we are resetting some things because we're learning to live at a higher level of living. We're dealing with things in our life that need to be dealt with. Amen. 
we're being better listeners, better hearers, better doers. Amen? Come on, how many are believing this year is going to be better? It's already getting better because we've heard what we needed to hear. Amen? Say, I am a doer, and I'm blessed because I can hear, and I can see. Come on, every day. And I'm looking at those things. You know, take a look at how you look at things. How you hear things. How you see things. Say, am I hearing this right? Am I seeing this right? Because sometimes there's a story behind the story. Sometimes we only tell, we think our story, we only think our side to be right. When really, no. You ever had someone tell you, a child tell you something that the other one did, and then you find out what they did? Two sides to every story, right? That goes with your life as well. Don't just think from a standpoint of your own way of thinking. Think, hey, other people may think differently too. Learn to think others' thoughts. Other, here you go. Learn to be others-minded. Thank you. I'm learning to be others-minded. Taking it to the next level. If I worked in a high-end shop and they wanted me to keep things in a particular standard, what am I going to do? I'm going to live up to the standard. I've been, I, have been, I have been given the master of all masters, the person who lives at the highest standard of, 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 of earth and eternity and of the spirit. I'm living at his standard. I am no longer living at this low, benign world's level. I'm going to the next level. I'm living his standard. Amen. How many of you got blessed this morning? I'm telling you, God is moving in our hearts, working deeply on the inside of us. I'm, I'm seeing the stuff we got this morning is stuff we can do. We can all do this. We can all be different. Amen? Say, I am already different. Now, I'm going to ask some of you this question. With every eye closed and every head bowed.